1: Hello and welcome to Meet the Manager. It's our regular catch up with the best advice from some of the community's top FPL managers of all time. Yes we focus on those with an incredible rank history but we're adding to that this season. We're including managers with an interesting story to tell about how FPL is impacting on their lives. We'll also focus on managers who are offering perhaps a unique or different insight uh, into the game and that's certainly the case today. Um, so hopefully we'll With their insight from them, we can, uh, they, me and you, we can all go up the rankings. That's the aim anyway. Today, I'm joined by Vanya Guchev, who has two top 5K finishes, one in the top 2K and is currently in the top 5K going into the final match of game week eight in the 2021-22 season. Um, What we'll do is find out a bit more about his career history, his tips for success, and then we'll take a look at his planning for game week nine. Vanya is also a former professional footballer and still a semi-pro footballer. So he has a rather different take uh, on choosing footballers for his fantasy side as well. Vanya, how are you?
0: Uh, Hi, Joe. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, great. Monday night football ahead today. Champions League around the corner. International break is over. Uh, so everything is great, and yeah, I'm uh, very uh, glad that I could take part in uh, my favorite series over cool. the fantasy football scout over the years. And uh, it's like uh, time flies because because at some point I see the Nick Trigger lips. I think starting video in this series, I know him as a player uh, like uh, ten years maybe that I have played because he was kind <laughs> of a legend, and I never dreamed that I could take part in this series too. So okay. yeah, it's great, and thanks for the opportunity.
1: No, no, it's a pleasure. Pleasure to see you on here. Um, so, yeah, I introduced you. You're a uh, former pro footballer, semi-pro, in uh, your native Ukraine, which is where you're uh, coming from today. Um, so, yeah, tell, tell us a bit about... Uh, you told me a bit before we came on air, but just tell me a bit about your, yeah. your history as a, as, a, as a player in football. Yeah, let's start with
0: this. Okay, so uh, I'm playing... Uh, Currently, I'm playing as a semi-pro, as you said, but previously I was uh, playing like a professional footballer, but in the early years of my career because uh, I was playing for a local uh, clubs in my city, Kharkiv, like uh, Metalist, Gelios, and some other names that uh, won't say anything. But yeah, closer to 20th year, when I already was on contract with my uh, local club, I was having a contract offer from uh, Shakhtar Donetsk that currently playing in a uh, champions league every year, yeah. but it's, uh, another city, it's a smaller city than my current city have no, almost, uh, no facilities, for example, for uh, studying and maybe like, uh, having the career and, uh, some education. But, uh, at this point, yeah, I turned uh, down this offer and concentrate on my studying since, uh, I do not regret this decision because we have a very developed semi-professional football in uh, my city. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why since then, I've already like eight years I have in the education that allow me to work uh, on my uh interests and uh, also i'm currently still playing football very active on the mm-hmm. semi-pro level i have a club with a president with a professional coach we have like two mm-hmm. three trainings uh, per week after work and we have a matches every weekend with the uh, league's uh, championships and uh, some other stuff. So yeah, I'm delighted with how everything is going, despite okay. the fact that I'm not playing uh, as a professional
1: anymore. Yeah, no, excellent. You well, sound, you sound obviously very, very happy uh, with with uh, the situation so far. And also, what um, what position do you play in um, on the pitch?
0: I was playing as a central midfielder, Mm -hmm. uh, model like box to box, but more in attack. So Frank Lampard uh, was always my idol Ah. and I'm a Chelsea fan since childhood. Yeah. So you're you're uh, sort of a
1: Mason Mount, Frank Lampard type?
0: Yeah, I think that uh, Mason is uh, close to it right now, but Mm -hmm. uh, different uh, formations for the managers right now. So it's like Gerard Lampard uh, type of midfielder, very Mm -hmm. hard to find right now.
1: OK, I mean, just before we look at your career history as a uh, as a footballer, I always find it quite interesting when you see uh, manager quotes, when you see things happening on the pitch uh, in the game, perhaps an injury or or, or, or changing tactics and formation. Are there any examples of how you as a as a as a footballer have uh, looked as how has it influenced your fantasy football career yeah
0: uh i will give a fresh example because everyone known with this case like when ronaldo joined uh, manchester Mm. and he was in training like three days after quarantine and uh, there was so much panic in the community about uh, will ronaldo start or not the Mm. game against newcastle And uh, there were like video from uh, Ole Gunnar uh, from press conference when he was like catch up uh, Mm -hmm. with the questions like uh, is Ronaldo will decide will he start or not and some other stuff. But uh, I would say that I buy Ronaldo for this game because of course I kept him and I was having like zero panic about will he start or not because... uh, All you need to know was uh, on the table, like just to see how uh, Ronaldo was uh, communicating when he came to Manchester. Mm -hmm. Uh, His family was flying to Manchester, as we all know, for this game. And uh, even like he was in discussions with Ole uh, all week, we see that uh, the everything was uh, really showing that that kind of player uh in this situation he won't be benched for this first game week since he was already in training like three or four days even uh better uh, have more days than bruno and uh, other stuff so yeah when uh, i see that panic in communities the night uh, before the deadline and in the morning that ronaldo could uh, not start he'll definitely come only for uh came out for 20 minutes or so it was not the case mm-hmm. it's like not working uh this way uh For the players like Ronaldo, of course, you would say that he was benched last week. Yeah, it was it was a little bit unexpected for me too. But not uh, it's what it was a totally different case. After he was like very exhausted against Villarreal in the second half of Champions League. So yeah, there are a lot of uh, examples of uh, how I Mm -hmm. maybe see the things a little bit different. But of course, uh, we need to understand that there are very sub subjectical things and. uh i did not have maybe some unique and uh, specific knowledge that would differ me from uh totally different differ me from uh other players because for example we see that uh, right now to become the football coach very successful football coach mm-hmm. and fpl is very uh, similar yet to coaching at some perspective uh, a lot of coaches are not former professional players a lot of successful coaches are not a good players or not the players at all so yeah uh, of course it helps me at some uh, sometimes it helps me and i think we will dive in it uh, a little bit later when i will uh said about my strategies at all but yeah uh, generally speaking there are some cases when i'm totally understand that uh, some things are not working this way with uh, footballers like ronaldo came in training three days before his debut his family flying to Manchester yeah. and by some uh, reasons he will be benched and have a cameo for 20 minutes it's not the case yeah
1: so is that it's that sort of insight into um, understanding things about their family um, and the, the body language and communication between the manager and the rest of the players when you're looking at um, the sign sort of training pictures that you see um, on social media uh, yeah, uh,
0: I was seeing like uh, Ronaldo speaking with Ole at some yeah. points when he arrived already. He is, was in training yeah. when the team was not in training at all, generally. And uh, the thing is that uh, he should be treated differently. And even that Ole yeah. Gunnar will speak on press conference that, of course, he decide maybe Ronaldo will not start. Uh, like eighteen percent of the time, it's not what the managers are really thinks and. Uh, the problem is that not every manager speaking like Bielsa may be very uh, directly on will player, play or not. Yeah. So I would say that uh, when uh, the community trying to check every like word that manager said in the press conferences, it's not a very good way to analyze some things because uh, in like 18 percent of the time, I did not know the uh, managers that will set all the truth. Okay. For example, like Ronaldo is definitely starting. He is way above level that uh, all our current players and so on. Never, never you will see like anything from the managers so, in that field.
1: I mean, um, with um, regarding your own role in in the t- in the team as a central midfielder um, with Chelsea at the moment. Um, I'm, for example, I and many others are considering getting Lukaku in. Some people already own Lukaku, um, but. They, they need a central midfield, by the looks of it, to create chances. Are you spotting that as a central midfielder? Are you looking at the TV and thinking, oh, that, that's what a, midfiel- a midfielder should be creating these chances for Lukaku? Why isn't that happening? Are you looking at those kinds of things? Do you think it could happen?
0: Uh, Of course, as a Chelsea fan, I'm concerned with uh, last uh, games when uh, Lukaku does not get enough moments and so on, but I would not be very uh, worried about this and I will be getting uh, Lukaku this week in my team and I do not own him for a while mm. but I will definitely and uh, I would say that uh, a little bit over panicking about Lukaku for me uh, currently in community because uh, for example uh, in the game against Southampton before the international break he set up the perfect uh, moment for Werner mm. with a back heel pass and after and the moments before the Chilwell goal, he hits the post. Yeah, and he was like running uh, after the mount uh, pass uh, into the box. He doing everything correctly. Again, a game against Bradford, I did not uh, get like uh, many people uh, so did not sell Ronaldo for a hit to Lukaku or even with a free transfer because I think that uh, currently Chelsea are not in a a super good shape, and uh, we could see that Tuchel using the Ruben Loftus cheap last two games, so he's still tweaking uh, the lineup, and uh, he's not satisfied with how we are playing currently, so it generally have an impact on Lukaku it's very uh, obvious but uh, at the same time I think that he's doing his job very well and uh, he will be clicking soon and uh, when uh, he's having that fixtures like uh, Norwich, Burnley and Newcastle I think in the next three it's obvious that the correct move is to get him and uh, okay. if someone will not get him and uh, somehow Lukaku will end up with only like one or two goals in these fixtures, it's not, would be like oh I said to you, it would be very like uncharacteristical yeah. for this case
1: yeah definitely okay well i'm convinced um let's have a look at your career history as well because it's it's interesting there's a couple of i mean a couple of two things of note really you've got these two absolutely fantastic ranks um, 2014 15 and 15 16 um but you look at the other ranks as well there's only really one rank outside of the top 100k and pretty much most of them around the top 50k or well below so there's a real consistency there of of having consistently good ranks and then these two stellar ones as well um just uh, just what were there any particular reasons why uh, you you did so well in 2014 and 2015 um and, and what what happened in 2019
0: okay so yeah let's start with my worst uh, season uh, because uh, it was not far away from now and i'm remembering it uh, absolutely very well all mistakes and all problems with the season so to summarize it was really the season when uh, not everything was uh not bad because like uh prior to the new year and uh i was ranked like 115k maybe and exactly at this point i think that uh I will definitely finish inside the top one hundred k as I always do, so I could allow myself to have some risks because there will be a double game weeks uh, and other interesting things, so I will definitely catch up if something working not great and before the uh, it was a year when Liverpool were flying to the world Cup clubs World Cup, mm-hmm. and I sold uh, Trent Alexander Arnold and Manet which were flying this year and uh I think that it was a good opportunity because, like, they would be missing like two, three games. I can uh, have some differentials. What uh, happened uh, really when Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, Mane uh, were back from World Cup? It was a game against Leicester, and Trent Alexander-Arnold hit like 24 points in this game, Mm. and uh, Mane scored, of course, scored one goal. So I was definitely going uh, very deep in the ranks, like three, two hundred k. I was not panicking at all again i was thinking okay i will do some other things and uh, the final uh nail uh, for me was when uh, liverpool have a double game week and of course i this season uh, i triple captained money when he was injured yes. in the ninth minute yeah, the and same. the <laughs> people surround me yeah were having the salah so when you it's like when um you are i know that you are still yeah got the rank inside 100k this mm-hmm. year but uh when you are summarized the things like was happening to me that year when i yeah. dropped alexander arnold and he's having 24 points when i triple captained Mane money and he's uh, injured so yeah i was i was never uh, getting after it a room uh to improve anything because i was slowly doing the correct all the correct moves uh, after the game week 13 for example yeah. but it was too far yeah uh and too hard it to get that brand it
1: rank. just shows that one or two decisions Completely change a season, and um, I know from that season too with the with the Salah. The uh, it, for those that, that can't remember Mane and Salah triple game week. It's uh, also double game week, yeah. and uh, so we all um, we all, uh, all captain them, triple captain them, and Mane off injured nine minutes. Salah went on to score a massive. Um, and so it was that simple. It was a huge point swing. And the Alexander-Arnold one as well. Obviously, those moved him. History could be repeating itself this year because lots of people have just removed him and he's just come back and he's already come back with a clean sheet. And it probably won't be long until he gets some goals and assists as well. Um, what went right in 2014 and 15? I mean, these were two real standouts, you know, amongst some other good ranks. But what 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 went right in these seasons?
0: I would say that uh, if a very easy answer and the community would like the censor it's because like I did not post on twitter uh, and uh, <laughs> straight after these two top five k finishes uh, I'm becoming very active on twitter ah. I'm not posting I'm not posting too much, but I'm reading everything i checking uh all topics threats and i uh, i'm totally disagree that it's uh, make me worse uh, as a fpl player because it's impossible really it's about uh, how uh, the things go and we are uh, looking at the straight facts that my first five seasons in fpl uh, were super great and mm. the last five seasons i never get a top 10k finish despite the fact that i was going rent into top 100k so yes it's definitely the problem in myself uh, and I'm looking at it every year, trying to make the things different. And I was satisfied with my last season because I was ranked top 10k in game week 13 and uh, 30. And like, it was not so hard. But yeah, what goes uh, good in uh, uh, two top 5k finishes? It's a uh, hard question because first of all, it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not thinking that time uh, became totally different different player now yeah but i would say why it's uh, harder now to get into for me the top five or top 10k it's because the playing field uh, changed uh, really a lot and uh, i think that nowadays maybe uh, the template in a good meaning uh, are more stronger and uh, every hit every uh, incorrect captaincy decisions are punished uh, very strictly because previously I was remembering myself as a FPL player. I was captaining Sigurdsson, uh, without any kind of scare. Uh, I was captaining at the Bayor for his, uh, like holes, uh, in Tottenham. Uh, currently I'm not doing it. And, uh, I could not say that I'm uh, scared of it. I'm just seeing that it's more logical to captain maybe Salah or other players. But uh, right now, if you're really not captain, for example, Salah for one of his holes, it uh, would uh, totally destroy your rank. I'm not thinking that uh, previously we have uh, such strong uh, template in a good meaning. Like everyone on Twitter have a good start to the season, I think, and the fantasy football scout. We were nailed uh, like five or six players. that gives us uh, a lot of points. Previously, the variance was uh, great and uh, it's uh, how it is right now. Yeah, you need to adapt to this. I'm not saying in any way that uh, it's bad or good. You just, if you want to be a good manager, you need to adapt to everything that uh, surrounded you in FPL. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's, I mean I've mean, i noticed that as well. We, 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 we have much more information so we can see why we are going up the rankings down or, or staying the same and as you say why we're getting punished so much if we make if we dare to be different with the captaincy or with a different transfer um i mean you can see this week was a good example with with mo salah was um his effective ownership where i was in the rankings was about 180 percent. so if i yep, didn't own him it would have been curtains <laughs> it would have been terrible and if even if I didn't captain him it still would have went to my rank and and that is um, the situation we're in now there are so many it's not that there's so many more managers because the, the proportion who own a particular player wouldn't change but there are more managers who are better who are clued up and yeah. I don't know if you noticed but I noticed one thing when Antonio was heavily captained hugely captained and I don't think Antonio would have been hugely captained three, four years ago, or his equivalent. And but because people know, <laughs> they can just see, they watch the games, but they 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 look at the stat. And you were saying about Twitter as well, and you know the the, the information. Do you think when you've obs- you've got more information coming to you, as you were saying, you know, in recent years, how how do you? Um, filter away the noise how do you look for the the key information and ignore the stuff that's just in the way uh,
0: i would say that for me it's working uh, that way that uh, i have a strong uh, opinion about myself as a manager and it's working for me uh, the way that uh, when I see some uh, topic or interesting discussion, if I am uh, disagreeing at the beginning of uh, that discussion, uh, strongly uh, disagreeing, not because like uh, I have arguments about uh, a lot of uh, arguments about it, why I'm disagreeing, just when I see that uh, I'm totally uh, not about it and uh, i won't do it and i'm not that kind of manager uh, and uh, i just uh, did not uh, check uh, into details of this discussion for example if i uh, have uh, the defense from uh, like uh, trent uh, cancelo and uh, livramento mm-hmm. and white and i see the topic for uh, defenders which are could uh, really interest you and so on if i'm really interested in uh, defenders i would look into this topic but if i do not need defender for now and I know that before I uh, read this topic, I was not having, like, uh, the need to have another defender and uh, to add them to my watch list. I would not uh, recommend uh, to check this topic because uh, you would think that, oh, it's a great idea. And uh, I really now understand that I need the new defender like did. <laughs> but uh, if uh, at the start of the day I did not need uh, any defenders, I will uh, search, uh, for example, the discussion about midfielders that interests me. And uh, so, yeah. I am yeah. just uh trying to minimize the info that I
1: would get. That, that is a good Peter. point. You go with your your initial thoughts yeah. and exactly. yeah. and not be tempted otherwise. So I guess Trent Alexander-Arnold is a good example of people saying get rid of him get rid of him and you're probably thinking no I'm not going to get rid of him now not only because when you did um a couple of seasons ago it didn't work out but because he's a good he's a good defender you don't need to replace him. Um who would you replace the best defender with? Um, your attitude as a captain, as a, as, a, as a manager, but also as a captain in your own team, um, but as a, as a manager in the fantasy game, are you a, a risk-taking manager? Are you a safe manager? How would you describe yourself?
0: Uh, uh, When I was thinking about this dilemma, because everyone asked uh, this question, of course, uh, I think that I would be more in the category of uh, safe managers in terms of uh, I'm not uh, right now, I'm not uh, talking about hits because i usually take hits uh, in all my previous seasons i have like uh, something between uh, 15 and 20 hits mm-hmm. all over the season so it's a great number of hits mm-hmm. but i am not a risk manager in terms of i did not do the moves like uh, laterizer or look for example when i am mm-hmm. just switching uh, my midfielder to, for example, uh, bail against Sheffield when he was not in template or for Foden mm-hmm. uh, or for one with punt. So I'm not taking this one punt at all because uh, I could switch, for example, like uh, minus four hit uh, to get De Bruyne, for example, for this game, because I know that he is a classic player. He will mm-hmm. always be nailed uh, when he's fit. and. I could justify this hit, but uh, I did not take uh, one-week punts and uh, all that other stuff, not because I do not think it's great. I always want, like, for this game against Burley, I always want Foden, I always want uh, Sterling Mm -hmm. or other players, but I know that I have the long-term strategy, and uh, I should think about, uh, like, FPL is not about one-game week, and uh, it's uh, funny, but every time if uh, I take uh, some similar punts, in a general long-term game i always think that it was not the right move maybe okay. it's working for some people if they nailed all their risky picks but i always think that uh, after after it happened for me of course because i'm playing like it's my 11th season yeah. and i take that punt too but it was always like uh, after two or three weeks i think okay if i was not doing this one but uh, i will make my planned move uh, it would uh, Benefit me long term. So you, I'm, I'm just not that kind of manager. No. Yeah.
1: Do you, do you look four game weeks ahead, eight, longer?
0: I'm generally did not have uh, the rule to look at four, six, or eight game weeks. I'm looking uh, not like the minimum of three game weeks, but uh, if I see that the player uh, will have like three next uh, beautiful game weeks, I think that I already could uh, buy him because three game weeks is enough to justify the transfer and uh, in the best possible case uh, the player uh, will got me points he will uh, maybe price rise and uh, I could sold him after it but uh, even if it's not working okay I will just uh, drop him because he even will have a worst fixtures after it of course I like the patch of fixtures like six eight games when the player have a brilliant fixtures and you did not get the reasons to not to get him
1: um, what what do you think you would change about how you are an FPL manager to become a, say, a top 100 manager?
0: Uh, I would say that uh, I would not speak about top 100 uh, because... It's the amount of uh, huge, huge luck about top 100. My aim is uh, to have a one three-digit finish because uh, I see in my career history, because okay. I think that it's really achievable if you are nailed all players, if you are correctly seeing the trends of the season, uh, and it's much more achievable uh, without a huge amount of luck. It's just about the correct decisions, be very patient, and at the same time, uh, do not miss any uh, significant bandwagons. So yeah, I'm hunting for the top three-digit finish. And also, I my, my, uh, really aim to finish inside top 5k first time in six years. And uh, I will just prove to myself that uh, I'm not changed as a manager and I could adapt to current reality with Twitter uh, with a lot of information and other stuff. So, yes, yeah, this season, I am really very, very uh, hyped up to get the top 5k finish.
1: OK, well, I mean, you, you are in, I think, currently you're just outside the top 5k. But you're actually within the top 5k because you've got some points coming off your bench and you've got some players um, to come on uh, for the yep. uh, remaining match tonight. Uh, against...
0: thanks, thanks to Ragaboli and Live FPL, I know that uh, today I have Saka and White and uh, even if they got me two points, I will be inside top 3k after wow. today's match.
1: Okay, so after no matter what happens, unless, unless they get sent off or score five own goals or something, you, you will be yep. in the top 3k. Um, by tonight so well, let's just move Let's move on um, to your, yeah. uh, your your game week going into game week nine Um so do you want to um tell us the players you've got do you want to just sort of go through the players you've got why you've got them and, and which if any uh, you're thinking of removing and I think you already said you've got your eye on Lukaku presumably Ronaldo leaving there yes. so um, yep. do you want to sort of start at the back with Sanchez and, and then take us through your team yeah yeah uh... I already wild carded.
0: Uh, first of all, need to admit it. So uh, yeah, I have a Sanchez in goal with a steel as a backup. Uh, I have a big uh, three defenders like Cancelo, Alexander Arnold, and riz James from Chelsea, mm-hmm. and I have livermento and White as the backup. Yeah. And uh, I am uh, super happy with this defense. Maybe except Rhys James, but I hold him. Uh, from game week three, like on wildcard, or or I think game week four or five, yeah, on my wildcard. And I did not sold him just because Rudiger got uh, injuries and some other stuff. So, yeah, I'm just holding him for now and uh, hope that he'll play in uh, one of the next three games, Mm. like very easy games for Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, The midfield is uh, template, very template, uh, Salah, uh, Rafinha. And also I have Sar, Saka, and uh, Sissoko from Watford.
1: And and up front, who have and you got my there?
0: forward line is uh, Jimenez, Antonio, and uh, Cristiano.
1: Yeah. Ah, so who who's how many transfers have you got for game week nine, and who's 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 in and who's out?
0: Uh, yeah, as I said uh, at the beginning, I'm trying to uh, find a lot more patience with transfers, with hits that I have got previously. So this year I did not take uh, one hit, and uh, it's one of the reasons I think. That I'm in top five yeah. because, for example, last week I played him instead of Livramento, and it was very hard decision for me. But I say to myself that I'm changed. I will play Livramento no matter what it means, and uh, what uh, you see that Chelsea did not keep the clean sheet and Livramento get the assist against Chelsea. Mm. So the decision to not take a hit in such, for example, like previously for me, it was the obvious case to take a hit for a Chelsea defender because James was injured and uh, Chelsea have a great fixtures. but I did not take a hit resist to it with all my power and livramento get me the points. Yeah. So I will try to make the steady moves uh, and plant moves. And uh, as I said at the beginning, again, I will buy Lukaku instead of Ronaldo. And uh, if I did not get any like uh, or those things uh, like Lukaku injury update or some other stuff. I will keep him this game because against Norwich.
1: Okay. Do you? I mean, do you think this season one of the um, one of the factors behind success this six season is because we have players like Livramento, Ben White, Shane Duffy at Brighton as well. Um, that these are bench players. But you don't need to be rushed into making a hit because if you're, if another player, like say last week, Rafina's not available, or or you've got a Chelsea defender who may or may not play, it doesn't matter because you can rely on Libramento or Ben White to come on. In my case, my case, I could even rely on Connor Cody this week. Um, but you've got a, a variety of defenders. Do you think that that is um, the secret to success this season? Is be patient because trust in livermento.
0: <laughs> I would say that uh, I think it's the strategy for success absolutely every season to find uh, that players. Hmm. Like the prime example of last season is Socek and uh, he started the season at the price of five and I got him like from the maybe third or fourth game week when I see hmm. that really he is always in the box and I, he was always all, almost my first stop and I got like almost all of his points because we got the postponement with, of matches with COVID and other stuff, but he always was my first sub and I was relying on him very much. So uh, I think that correctly identifies the gems of every season, like Socek, Leveramento this season. Uh, it's very important in FPL because it's not only give you the real under, uh, real uh, motivation to not use the transfers that you don't need uh, to spend points uh, for it but it's uh, really gives you a point because it showed that last season maybe I do not remember like three or four seasons ago three seasons ago we have one Bissaka in Crystal Palace yeah like a first sub for the four millions so it's every season we have that kind of players that are really important and you should nail them from the beginning and uh, concentrate on other uh, issues in your team
1: um, I'm Well, I'm thinking about players like, say, Rafinha, for example. Now, I'm not a professional footballer, never have been, but uh, I've noticed that he's rather good. He's very good indeed. And he's very undervalued for what he is and offers, even a a relatively poor team like Leeds. And I say that in comparison to Brazil. So... um, is it also important to identify those players? You've got Rafina, you've got Saka, Saar as well. And do, how has you being a footballer impacted on that? Because you, you must, you know, being in teams, either yourself or, or teammates around you, and you think, wow, that player's really good. And do you, yeah. do you see that in certain players and does that make you get, want to get them in?
0: Uh, Yes, but I would uh, mention one very important thing is that you should understand that uh, and I think that all of uh, FPL players understand that managers that the good player is not always a good FPL option. Mm. For example like uh, Pogba is an absolutely beast on his day and uh, he's a great player but he's uh, not an FPL option right now. He was at some points but he's not an option right now. So for example with Rafinha it's a I would even say that it's just a clear mistake from FPL to price him at this point. Uh, It's not giving us any alternatives because in uh, Fun team he priced the same as Bamford, like Mm. uh, seven and five million. And it's really interesting to pick between them. But in FPL, Rafinha for six and five, it's its just totally unacceptable, I think. I'm very happy with that price. And I just uh, insta-got him uh, from the like second or third game in my team because it was hard start with Manchester. And I was lucky that he even not scored in a game against Manchester the first game. So Rafinha is absolutely brilliant footballer. And uh, the most important is that the way Leeds playing. He is always got the moments The guys, if you check the Leeds game, uh, they know that Rafinha is super good leads yeah. players. And they always try to find him. They always try to feed him and he will like a uh, shot. He will, uh, do some magic. So it's, uh, totally easy to have an FPL that kind of players like Rafinha, Grealish and Aston Villa, because you need to watch just one game of this team to understand that, uh, every player in this team try to find these players on the pitch. And, uh, It's not always lead to like holes, like 10, 20 holes for Rafinha. We could see it, but uh, he will get points. He will get a lot of points if there would be no injuries or some other stuff. Uh, It's totally uh, easy to predict uh, when the player got so much uh, touches on the third, I think, area of the pitch and uh, the team basically surrounding him Um on the our opponents I'm, I'm going to put
1: another picture up on screen here this is the next eight fixtures so we can sort of think back to your team and, and how and how it's faring so you were talking about Lukaku well that's because Chelsea have got great fixtures they've only really got well I, I would say they've only got one bad fixture of Manchester United but I don't think their defence is um, um, good <laughs> at the moment so I think there's pretty much great fixtures the next eight for Chelsea Um mentioned um, uh, uh, well Livramento with Southampton Southampton got great fixtures Leeds with Rafina, great fixtures as well and um, we've got Leicester up there as well and Brentford so just going back to your team um, so um, looking at Brentford so M- Bomo and uh, Tony are, are key targets really for Brentford's kind run and also Leicester have got a great run Um, and Jamie Vardy is the top striker I think he's the top player even but uh, just behind Salah so he's he's, you know taking Mo Salah away um, he's the one player to get so there's no Vardy and no Brentford in your team do you have any plans to get them in?
0: I will uh, definitely get the Brentford players and uh, most likely it would be both of them at some uh, point like in three or four game weeks because uh, I'm not uh, rated um, Bumo as such a great uh, player, but uh, at his price, again, it's uh, easy to get him because uh, he will get the goals. Uh, He's shot in uh, a lot. I'm not uh, really seeing him as a super good uh, footballer because all of his uh, shots uh, at the post, it's not like... uh, it's going in. It's more like it's going out and it's uh, hit the post against... uh, I see a lot of Brentford games and uh, Tony is a super good footballer. He's composed his shots. If he gets his shots, I would say... Like, um Bumo maybe will get some, like, five big chances and score uh, one or two goals. But with Stony, you could be confident if he will get, like, three big chances, he would score two of them, I think, very easy because he is a great footballer. But, again, with the price of um, Bumo, I understand the hype uh, in community because it's easy to get him for these fixtures for five and five. And I uh, will, like, join this train, I think, at some point, if anything not happened. With Vardy, it's a very, very hard case for me because uh, it's not easy to get the forward of his price if you have the place only for like Lukaku for the next three and Kane around the corner with the great fixtures so it's just the question that uh, I will not uh, restructure my team so hard to get Vardy and even with that in mind uh, Leicester everyone seems like forgetting about the Leicester uh, before Man United they were terrible I know that Vardy still uh, got goals but it's never uh, making decision easy for me if I see the team is definitely not playing really well and uh, to buy Vardy I know that he's uh, having a huge goal threat he's always scoring he's having penalties but I will not restructure my team uh, very strictly to get him even with the fact that Leicester have a great fixtures.
1: I mean that, that shows the patient approach being a manager there. Um, it was interesting what you say about Mbomo and uh tony as well so some people will look at someone who shoots and hits the woodwork all the time a lot as they're close and you look at that as thinking well they're not accurate (laughs) and tony is the one if if you were to only get one it would be tony by the sounds of it
0: yeah obviously tony because he's having the penalties too yeah, He's a 90-minute man having a penalty, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a great bonus all around the pitch. And uh, one interesting thing that I want to mention, I was wanting to mention it uh, even before in our discussion, like how I watch the games as a uh, footballer. So basically, uh, there are two prime examples of how I see the players in FPL and like as a real uh, football mm-hmm. players. Uh, at the highest point of this metric is uh, Son from Tottenham okay Uh, because you should uh, see not only his uh, goals but you could always see at his big chances missed and uh, his shots that uh, were saved by the keeper it was actually almost all the time it's a great shot he's always know what to do in the box he have a plan and uh, his shots are very predictable in a good way It's very rarely to see that son get into the good position and uh, i'm not saying about scoring but he's over yeah we know that he's over exceeding his xg but he's always having a good shots Mm. and uh, the opposite of it of course it's uh, adama Traore. but it's not because like he is not scoring and have a big chances you could just see that when he arrived in the box when he have a clear one-on-one he just don't know what to do uh, he just uh, don't know uh, what he wants to do, how to score the goals, and uh, it's a real problem uh, because there are a lot of players that are getting into the box and they do not have that uh, pattern of like shouting. Uh, and when he, when the player does not understand what he really wants to do, he will not score the goal. But uh, at the same time, the very important thing in FPL because FPL it's not about the real life players. Uh, we should understand that uh, with must have zero stereotypes about any player Hmm. and especially for example traore i did not say that uh, at some moment with a formation maybe with some uh, confidence boost when he will finally Hmm. score one goal uh, he will uh, have a period when you should own him in fpl i know that uh, there are a lot of stuff about like after the hard season start for lucas dean like i will never get this player Uh, For Mahrez, uh, like he did not really, I do not know how he did not score against Burnley, but he is actually a great player. And uh, if we see clear patterns that, for example, he is resting in the Champions League in future and playing in the Premier League, you should uh, buy that kind of player. So every player could have... Uh, his good patch in FPL but from the real life perspective you should try to find uh, the players that uh, have the predictable patterns in terms of uh, uh, efficiency of their shots moments how they are working in the box with the ball so yeah that's very important because Wilfred Zaha for example I am uh, very like to watch this player Uh, he's absolutely great player Uh, on the ball he's uh, given very much to his team but uh, I'm waiting, like, every year I'm waiting that uh, he will score uh, a lot of goals because he is always going into good positions. But he really has the bad shots in terms of uh, efficiency. He's always, like, uh, doing some incorrect decisions in a good positions. like And that's uh, uh, do not giving him the chance, I think, to play in Manchester United when he was in that team yeah. because the coaches see it too. So it's, he's really great. But... I'm waiting every year that he will definitely improve, but it's not happening. No.
1: Um, just before we go, I just wanted to put this uh, image up here, which is, um, this is the big chances um, so far. Um, no, sorry, last four matches. So these are the, the the, what you were talking about, efficient players. So these, in a way, are the players that you like. The look of not just as an FPL manager, but as a as a football player, you know you wouldn't mind being in a team with some of these players, I presume. Um, so we've got um, over the last four matches, um, I've I've highlighted those who've had at least four big chances. And top of the tree is Salah with five, and then Saar at Watford with five. Now Saar's in your team. Watford have bad fixtures, but are you tempted to keep him because of what you were saying about? you know they might watford might lose but sar is is an efficient player
0: i will not keep sar <laughs> uh, because i will give him the two next game weeks mm. definitely and uh, it's uh, good fixtures but uh, Watford is uh, really right now, it's, they are too bad as a team. And even with uh, SAR that having a great potential to points, and uh, we like the narratives like the Watford will lose 5 1 and SAR will score that one goal and give you points, that's all you need. We have alternatives. That's very important because we have like um, BUMO for 5 and 5 with a team mm-hmm. that will play much better than Watford. And I will uh, gut with my two hands um, BUMO over SAR, even if I think that SAR is a better footballer than mm-hmm. BUMO
1: okay so yeah
0: I will give the Sar two next, two next game weeks and he will go for me and most likely for Mbumo
1: okay and we've got some other um, the other the others with four big chances in the last four Vardy who we've already spoken about Callum Wilson is interesting but um, as an FPL option it's his injury record but if I see him on the team sheet I think he's going to get a goal and indeed he did at the weekend Calvert-Lewin same thing four big chances um, but he's been injured and um, Son, you've already mentioned there and you've been very impressed, impressed by him. Um, and Trincao at Wolves is perhaps one to watch or not one to watch. So, what? Why? So okay, some people will look at these stats and see, hey, Trincao's on there. Is is the same number of big chances as Son. Um, but you, you, you shake your head. What, what is it about a player like him that is not a good FPL option?
0: Yeah, uh, Trincao from Barcelona is a very talented player. And I see the first Wolverhampton games when Wolves were flying uh, against uh, Leicester, Tottenham and Man United. And he's a really good player, but I will never, ever believe that he will become a great FPL option. Because he is more like uh, Traore in terms of his creating the moments. He will be on the end of some passes. But I think that uh, his uh, maximum in terms of FPL points is like four goals, five assists all over the season. Uh, but he's a great player and the opposite to it of course like players like Callum wilson uh he will be he's a great option if he would be injury free like it's no brainer to mm-hmm. got him because even in newcastle team he always like scoring have yeah. a penalties and so on yeah yeah and i and... would say that uh, uh, sorry i would compare like trincao for example as a case for trincao with sen maximen but sen maximen is really progressing well mm-hmm. he's uh the same kind of player like he's got tricks uh, brilliant technique he's uh, way above uh, all newcastle players in terms of his abilities but he's really progressing in opposite to zaha i think that this season uh, we are starting like from laughing that san Maximen isn't forward option yeah uh, mm-hmm. but uh, he's really scoring some goals and uh, he improved his end product very well so i am impressed with progress of san Maximen for this season particularly
1: and and the final name to mention in this 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 table is Mane at Liverpool. Um, he's come under criticism the last couple of seasons for perhaps for perhaps not fulfilling his p- potential, but he but he's still scoring. <laughs> he's still putting the underlying stats. Are you impressed with a, a player like Mane? Do you hear the criticism sometimes over the last year or so and think? Well, uh, Mane
0: was Mane was always my uh, one of my favorite players in. Mm-hmm like fpl options not like the player from the real life but from fpl options i was always one of the first to double up on liverpool yeah. uh, midfield like uh, salah lose Mane, because they are very costly and not everyone go for this combination uh, i would say that last season Mane was uh really uh bad with his misses of big chances uh because uh, the uh jota came in to liverpool and it's uh, a little bit uh Play, I think, with his confidence because mm. he was like fighting with Salah for these passes, goals, yeah. and all other things. And even right, uh, adding Jota in the mix did not help uh, last season. But I think that Manette generally is a very strong footballer and he's always like scoring goals, like in no matter circumstances, he will score goals. So uh, clearly, you see that uh, by the end of the last season, everyone was jumping. Not Mane too because he's having a great form at the uh, end of last season and i think that he already overcome all this problems like with jota with rotation He can understand right now that Klopp give him the uh, understand season uh, the Mane was first to be benched for example and he was like very angry when he was uh, uh subs in like 15 16 minutes i remember against yeah. crystal palace but uh, this time flies he understands that salah is benched too and uh, Klopp doing great work to protect all of uh, his uh, players and uh, he's starting to gain his confidence again so I'm really seeing that at some point uh, you could see that uh, Salah plus uh, Mane would be a great option this season
1: and and just before we go um, I noticed in your, um, your, your team for game week 9 as it is at the moment you've got the captaincy on Salah um, if you get Lukaku in Would you captain Lukaku or would you keep it on Salah?
0: I would captain Lukaku uh, just because, you know, people like right now trashing the Man United after their display against Leicester. And it's correctly, but... uh, try to remember how much times uh, Man United and uh, exactly Man United with with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was like uh, trashed for their displays, then they have a hard fixture and they got from it like 0-0 or some kind of stuff. I'm not saying that Liverpool would not win this game against Man United. Of course, it's not so popular thing right now to say but i will say that uh, this team definitely can give a battle to liverpool and uh it's so obvious when lukaku playing against norwich even like if he's having a little bit harder game maybe it would be the option to discuss it but right now it's like uh, trying to be too clever for me to captain Salah, uh, just to show the people like, you know, you see Salah will not blank, it's Man United, it's only Man United, but on the, on the opposite end you have Norwich. And uh, the only issue, if Lukaku will be not rested uh, for like 20 or 30 minutes mm-hmm. against Malmen Champions League, I will be worried that he could be rotated against Norwich. But generally, I will captain Lukaku, definitely.
1: Okay, interesting. Um Vanya, thanks so much for joining me. It's been really interesting, really fascinating getting that view, not just for someone who's doing fantastically well this season, but has done so well in the past and has also got that footballer perspective on it. So it's interesting some of the things where you 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 sort of know you know that son is very clinical and efficient but it's getting that footballer perspective of you can see in their eyes you can see the sort of player um it, 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 that you have on the pitch with you that they're the player you want to pass to and um that they they should at the very least have a big a very big chance to score um but uh, that's fant- uh, very fa- fascinating and um uh, good luck with your game week. Good luck with the rest of the season. And thanks again for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks very much, John. It was really a great pleasure. Uh, shout out to everyone, guys. Uh, see you, and thanks for your content creating. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.